Unleash your inner geek when Barahas Z and Inebriar join forces for ZCon. Join us for a mind-blowing celebration of all things pop culture. Immerse yourself in a world of comics, gaming, cosplay, and more. Get ready for thrilling panels and unforgettable encounters with local artists and creators. Whether you're a superhero aficionado, a gaming guru, or just looking for an epic day of craft beer, come on out to ZCon. It has something for everyone. Grab your tickets, secure a spot at this extraordinary event happening on September 30th at Barrel House Z in Weymouth. Geek out with us at ZCon. You can get your tickets by going over to inebriart.com. That's I-N-E-B-R-I hyphen A-R-T dot com. Check out our calendar events, and in September, just look up ZCon. See you there. Get ready for chills and thrills at Hometown Haunts and Hops Horror Convention here in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Join us for a spine-tingling day of horror-filled fun on October 28th at the Mayflower Brewing Company. Meet horror actor Matthew G. Taylor from Resident Evil and dive into a macabre world of cinema and literature. Sip on chilling brews, indulge in ghastly treats, and immerse yourself in a haunted atmosphere. Whether you're a horror buff or just seeking an unforgettable experience, Hometown Haunts and Hops has it all. Don't miss out on the eerie excitement. Secure your tickets now by heading on over to inebriart.com. Go to our events calendar, and in October, you will find the link for Hometown Haunts and Hops, which is sponsored by HalloweenNewEngland.com. HalloweenNewEngland.com is the website for the truly Halloween-obsessed with the most extensive guides to New England haunted houses, ghost tours, classic horror film screenings, jack-o'-lantern festivals, haunted hayrides, and more. They've got all the thrills covered throughout September and October with over 2,500 Halloween events on their events calendar and hundreds of local Halloween attractions. It's the only place you'll find everything from haunted history tours and costume contests to which haunts are open on Thursday nights. HalloweenNewEngland.com has your Halloween covered and is sponsoring Hometown Haunts and Hops this year. Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy, as always. Uh, today on the show, we have uh, Chloe Dralos. Did I get that right? Dralos. Dralos. That was pretty close. Um, a musician out of Detroit. Uh, she goes by Zilched. Uh, who, she got a new album out on August 11th, Earthly Delights. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. So, to, I'm just going to say, like, we had some... Uh, Technical issues. So this is our second go. So we're, you know, if it seems a little forced or awkward, um, that's why. But um, so we, I believe, we had just started kind of talking about the the music scene in Detroit and post COVID and everything. Um, so, but you have this new album coming out. So are you going to be looking to tour uh, to in support of the album? Are you like, is there like an album release somewhere in Detroit going on? Like, what what's your plan for this album? 
Yeah, there's, um, I'm actually doing the longest tour I've ever done. We're doing two weeks with our friends and my bass player's other band, Zastava. And mm-hmm. it starts with our release show at L Club in Detroit on August 19th. Is so you said it's the longest tour. Like, wh- where are you headed? Like, is it, do you have something or a, a spot that you're excited about hitting that you haven't done before, or kind of like getting back to somewhere you wanted to be? Um, yeah, we're going. Um, so I've only been to Canada once in okay. my whole life, and that was when we played Toronto last fall. And we're playing, we're playing Toronto and Windsor, which will be cool. We're trying to play Montreal, but that has been the most difficult city of all of them, to be honest. Um, why? Why is it difficult? It's just hard to get into the the clubs. Or? Oh yeah, just just to to book. That's everyone yeah. that I've been led to is like, oh sorry, can't help. Hit up this person, and then they all just lead me back to each other. You know, it's DIY booking. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, it's it's one of those things. It's like you know we're kind of experiencing a little bit of that growth where you've kind of exceeded the, you're, you know, you're growing beyond what you have been doing, but you're not like to the point where you can be like, Oh, I'll just hire someone to do that. So it, it sounds like you're kind of in that spot where you're, you're booking your tours and it, is it becoming more of a job than you expected? Like you know, well, everyone's it's, like, oh, I want to be a musician. And then like, oh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where like, while I'm doing it, I'm like, I hate this. I should just hire someone. But yeah. then once I book a good show and I know all the people that I talk to or there's a tour where, you know, you really get to, for lack of a better word, like curate, curate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really you actually get to meet everyone you're working with, you know um so it's definitely worth it like i could hire someone if i wanted to but it's like i don't know it's worth it to just get through the hard parts yeah so how do you even start i mean you said you've never been to canada and so Mm -hmm. i'm assuming you're cold calling these clubs i mean is that well, I mean, you just call them like, let me send you a demo and like try to get in that way or. Um, no, actually, like the first couple years I was playing shows, I just like accepted um, every opening slot anyone gave me for touring bands. And I just kind of like built up some contacts of people in different places. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I've just like manage to meet people in these places and then you go play there with them and their friends and then you know their friends listen to you and whatnot and then you can return and everyone becomes your friends um and like for canada i had played with a canadian artist and she helped me find some people that's always one of those things that i think a lot of people don't fully comprehend or appreciate is like that networking part of I mean, any job, but even in a creative field, it's, you know, I've had illustrator friends have jobs come their way and that they don't have time for and they pass them off to their friends. It's being kind of likable and approachable is like really important, I think. 
Mm-hmm, definitely. That's why, like, it's worth it to not have a booker, you know, unless you really need it. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, like this last tour I just did, we did with um, our friend Spoils from Cincinnati, and we played a couple days with this band Mana from Indianapolis. And just because we had all, you know, played together before, like, it just feels like old friends at this point because you return to the same kind of scenes and stuff every time you tour. And then you get to go and play other places together, you know, and it's like, it just feels like really, it's a, it's a different kind of like deep friendship. Yeah. I can imagine touring with someone, um, is a, is a different experience. Are there, um, kind of pitfalls that you need to look out for, you know, have you, I don't want to say lost friends because of touring, but like what's kind of like the, the issue that, crops up the most because i mean Hmm. you're living in close quarters i would assume i think um i mean i've definitely been on tour with people before that like you know maybe we agreed like yeah we you know like past bandmates or something that you just kind of agree like yeah maybe we'll stay friends better if we don't do this you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) But um, which I th- a lot of people go through. Like I've heard so many stories. But right now, honestly, like the band that I've had for over a year now is just like we get along so well, and and you kind of learn to like where to take your personality out to just like get along and in a positive way too, because like you're kind of you know it's it's about the group. It's not about you. You're not on vacation. You know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's um. You know, that's kind of a, a thing I'm going through now and learning is we, we run so many local events and I've made so many great friends from running mm-hmm. these events and different artists and creators of all kinds. But now it's kind of to the point where we work with so many people that you're like, okay, I can't be friends with everybody. Yeah, so that's another yeah. part too. You kind of have to like take the sentimentality away sometimes because otherwise too it'd be really hard like i've met people and been like damn i feel like we could be best friends if i only lived in the same city as you that's so sad but you kind of just have to go over it and be like well i'll just come back it'll be fine i won't see them for the whole year maybe for two years but then i'll come back and we'll hang out and like it's so funny because like i almost feel like the exact opposite way where like i can't be your friend because I can't be friends with everybody be- and not saying that like yeah. friends are always looking for favors, but you know, it becomes like, you know, if you need to contact me for business, it better be through my business email. Don't. Okay. Yeah. You no, know, you know, don't like hit me up on my yeah, Facebook yeah, messenger. And it- it's kind of the same thing for me too, though, where it's like, you kind of have to just be like this, this friendship can exist you know, at these times, but you kind of have to let it go. Or like, there are times when you're too busy and like, you really care about this band that's coming through town. Maybe you're going to be out of town. So it's like, all you can really do is be like, here's someone else I trust, hit them up, you know? Do you ever have like an issue with kind of like work life balance? Because I mean, like we we get into creative fields because we love to create and it's fun Mm -hmm. and it's enjoyable. And it usually starts as a hobby and then it takes a turn into work. And then that line of 
work and fun blurs to the point where you're like, I can't even tell when I'm working anymore and when I'm having fun, which is awesome. But at the same point, I kind of feel like I'm always working at the same time. Mm. I think my example of that would kind of be within the band itself Mm -hmm. of um, just there's times where you're like, oh yeah, wait, we love to hang out too. We don't just practice and get to the show together, you know? Yeah. And you got, you kind of got to remind yourself and each other of that, which like touring always does remind you of that. Um, Cause like sometimes, you know, you're practicing so much, then you don't ask your bandmates to hang out. And then you're like, dang, why, why are we turning into coworkers? I feel like that's the only place where it really gets to me. Cause outside of that, um, I think I have a pretty good balance of it. Like I'm a homebody. And yeah. so I like to, I always end up having time to get those things done. Yeah. It's important to kind of like find that decompression, but it, it's funny that you said that. Cause it's my business partner. It's my best friend. Mm-hmm. And it'll get to the point where it will do so many events in a row where it's just like, we both agree be like, all right, I don't want to hear from you for like two days. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, I need like my space from you. Um, yeah. And it's like, you almost have to kind of schedule that time. And I, it, we ended up with like crazy thunderstorms here yesterday. So we ended up hanging out playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. And it was <laughs> like super nerdy. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I enjoy your friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's funny. Uh, and you said, but you kind of get that resurgence of like why you do it when you're on tour. I mean, definitely. You're just... just like the fact you get reminded of like how much you love just hanging out and goofing around together. Because it, it is just... a little easy to forget when like you got to schedule practices and they're usually kind of late and everyone already worked their other jobs. And then I just feel like annoying boss sometimes because i'm like okay we got to practice okay i need to know if you guys are available for this like so i'll try not to bother them by you know it's like i almost feel like i'm bothering them if i'm like okay and also like do you guys want to hang out you know (laughs) but i mean is it because there's like so much downtime on the tour like when you're like traveling yeah yeah and you're all in the car together and just talking and hanging out until it's time to play yeah, I mean road trips are the best. Like if you're if you're yeah, with definitely. good people, yeah. What what do you? And we, I have such a good group right now. Like yeah. we we all get along so much or so well. <laughs> so you're traveling with a bunch of musicians. Who controls the radio? Oh, it usually someone puts on a playlist and then it just turns into a queue on Spotify of everyone. Like, hey, cue this. Hey, can I cue this? Hey, cue this and this, and then the queue gets so long that you know it takes like an hour to hear the song that you asked for (laughs) it's fun there's a bar that um i'll go to after work sometimes i grab a beer and it they there's a jukebox in the back that no one ever uses and there's just Mm -hmm. an ipad that gets passed around the bar and people will queue up you know all the regulars queue up what they want to hear and sometimes Mm -hmm. someone will be like they'll pass it to you be like all right this is the theme for today and this is and it's it's just kind of a really fun way of getting to share music and and learn about new stuff that is that is super cool yeah when we were with spoils um i was definitely saving songs that they were putting in the queue because we ended up we had a group chat in the van and then we would just 
text our request to the driver or well the passenger seat who had the ox yeah yeah it's a cool thing when like you get a theme going do you, and then you, do get you sorry do you um like when you hear something new or you're like oh i'm saving to roll this out on the road trip what, what do you mean saving to roll this so out? so like if you because i'm always sharing music with my friends but you know i have those friends who i'm like oh i just i for me it's like i just interviewed this cool new person and go check out their music um mm. but like do you kind of like like to surprise your your bandmates i mean when you're on the road with like are you kind of looking to share new music i suppose or is it kind of like the stuff everybody knows i suppose that's i think typically we try to play stuff that we know each other will like um sometimes people do get like okay i just need to hear this sorry you have to sit through it (laughs) Um, i feel like that's mostly me because I I'm the female with the most female taste <laughs> in the group. Okay. But um Yeah, it's usually I mean we all we all enjoy everything each other plays though. Yeah. Um I think before we were having technical issues, I was asking you about um your your writing and you're saying that you pretty much start with lyrics because you're you live in an apartment and you can't be too loud. Um, so have you always been writing lyrics where you kind of look into poetry? Like how, how, how does one start writing lyrics? I suppose. Like what's your process um, for that? I'm always writing lyrics. And since I was pretty young too, like I've been writing songs since I was like 12, 13 years old. Um, I don't know. They never really start in the same way, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I'm just writing things down most mm-hmm. of the time. And then usually when I'm sitting down to do it, that's when the most comes out. And then I'll just kind of reference the little things I've gathered, you know? Oh, so do you kind um, of like make of notes of like, um, like interesting lines or whatever, and then kind of like call back. Yeah, to them. and so, sometimes I will just kind of write most of a song without any music, and then I'll just kind of have to find on the guitar where the song is, you know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think I write in a when it comes to music, because honestly, the last time I was like just you know messing around and experimenting and stuff on the guitar was like at my parents house when i could be as loud as i wanted and since then i really just like it's all unplugged in my room um (laughs) so do you think that's going to change the style of what you write i i actually was just talking about this with um my boyfriend who's also a songwriter and stuff and like we're very different in that way of like he he and his band will just write entire instrumental songs and then you know before a show he'll be like damn i gotta like finish the lyrics for this thing where i'm like no way i need to get this whole thing like edited arranged like lyrics wise before anyone even hears it but um i find that i write 
it's definitely developed in this direction in the past couple years of um I just kind of like you know in poetry you almost have like a loop of these rhymes and mm-hmm. there's a word for it but I did not study these things so I don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible student so I <laughs> You can make up a word, I have to believe you. Yeah, I'll kind of end up using like a loop of chords Mm -hmm. as that rhyme base, if that makes sense. And then I just like come up with the melodies on top of that and just go over and over and come up with all the melodies I can. And then sometimes, you know, I have a melody where I'm like, this needs, you know, this needs to go somewhere else. And so I'll change what I'm playing. But I've honestly written so many songs at this point that are just the same chords all the way through with many changing melodies. Yeah. Um, Because it's all based around the lyrics more so. Like, the music is there to just move the melodies along, you know? For sure, yeah. And it's, you know, it's an old rock trope that there's only, like, so many chords in rock music. And a buddy of mine and his band would do... um, uh like a um medley of different songs and like the songs changed frequently inside the medley he's like yeah it's because they're all the same chords he's like it doesn't matter it's the same chords no one it's he's like they're all popular songs and it's just so it's it's amazing how creative people can do so much using the same basic you know core items you know Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you but do you feel like now that you I think initially what I meant was like, do you feel that now that you're living in your apartment and um <clears throat> that uh your music is gonna be kind of softer and more mellow because you can't play as loud as you want? Like do you do you think it's gonna affect that way? Um, I'm definitely just in a very mellow phase currently of oh, okay. so songwriting. Just... I, yeah, definitely right now I am. Um, but like with this album and stuff, no, because like once I start demoing and recording it, like I can do kind of like because I demo everything myself before you know the band learns it or before it's recorded in the studio and um i always can hear when i'm writing like where the noise is gonna go you know and how it's gonna build so i don't think that would be a reason for that necessarily but i have thought about how it's definitely limited some possibilities because the songs are written to my imagination not to kind of what I let happen while experimenting, you know? Okay, yeah, so it kind of limits that kind of happy accident where you're like, yeah, yeah, I I like that, I didn't mean to do it, but it sounds right kind of thing. Yeah, which that definitely still happens in the studio and stuff, but but I definitely have, like, very recently been thinking about this of, like, wow, I wonder, like, also I wonder how much better of a guitar player I, I would be if I still just like played loud at home because it's been a few years of me not doing that ever yeah it's i find it so and i i feel like i come from a a much different time 
uh, I know I've talked about it before, but you know, when I was in, in school, it was like, you listen to rap or you listen to hair metal or you listen to pop songs. Like there wasn't okay. intermingling. And so I can't tell if it's me mellowing in my old age um, that I don't list like the hardcore metal and, stuff that I used to listen to, I don't listen to much anymore. And like, I don't know if it's it's that, or I just feel more comfortable listening to a wide range of stuff because I feel like it's, you know, I'm over that kind of categorization. And I think most of the world is, it seems like everyone's much more into a wide variety. Um, But do you, do you feel people are still kind of pigeonholed that way? Or do you think it's people are more eager to listen to a bunch of different things? It so depends. It really does. Because I have never felt pigeonholed in my life, to be honest. Like, I have always been a fan of, you know, maybe in middle school, I was a little, like, I I was one of those annoying classic rock kids when I was, like, 13. But um, I'm afraid to ask, what do you consider classic rock? Oh, like like dad rock. I've got an old dad, so oh, like, okay, all right, like seventies, eighties. Um, okay, but I, I think just because I'm around musicians and male musicians and stuff most of my time that I'm talking about these things, um, there are definitely still people that are so pigeonholed. But like, you know, they're in the minority for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sometimes I feel like, um, you know, I've gone to see bands with musician friends and they kind of suck the fun out of it because they're so like, oh, they're flat or they're, you know, oh, they hit the wrong note here. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's a live performance. How do you even notice that? I don't notice I, this I, I know don't know. <laughs> and, and even I, then I'm like, oh, that happens, whatever. Yeah, and to me, it's just like, okay, like, there, there's been times where you go to see someone and you're like, well, this, this band's terrible. Um, oh yeah, definitely. But just to be like, so nitpicky, I'm like, yeah, it's, that's not, especially like rock music. That's not. Yeah. I definitely just tell myself that those people are insecure and I feel bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the people that I had in mind. Yeah. You might be right. Usually <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how it goes. What What is your favorite experience for listening to live music are you like a barroom person a medium-sized club do you want to see like the the big headliner touring a a stadium like do you have a a preferred experience um i mean i think if i have to choose something i'd say like my favorite is just like a small club where it's still small but the sound is amazing and there's lights and stuff but Mm -hmm. honestly i think like different bands are made for different spaces you know and different songs sure yeah, like, sense. i've got you know friends bands that like sound incredible in just a fucking dive bar you know or in a basement or something but then like i saw i saw stevie nicks last fall and that was you know at this huge amphitheater and but it felt right like it didn't feel like ah too far away you know it was like no she's huge that's why she's so far away and these yeah. songs are huge um yeah i saw guns and roses when they started touring again and i'm like i don't feel like 
that could be anything less than the stadium because it's kind of a spectacle, you know? Yeah, yeah, which I think is awesome, too. And, like, um, when I've seen my favorite, like, larger bands, like I saw the Jesus and Mary Chain once, and um, I, I... it was in this like huge theater and I was in the standing room for that theater. So it, it is such a different feeling than being, you know, standing in a bar, but, um, but you, you're around the lights and the songs are so much bigger than you and that room that like you take it in as it yeah. is there. But then there's certain times where it's like, I want to like feel the sweat flicking off of these people's hair, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> And it, it's so funny, like the crowd can like totally make or break an, a, a show like um, me and a friend of mine went and saw this Irish band. Um, I'm a big fan of them. And they literally came uh, within six blocks of my house. So I'm like, I have to go see them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in this old, um, you know, hall that's been I mean, Dylan played it back in like the 60s or 70s. and it's laid out terrible so like our seats are basically to the their stage left and you're facing across not at the stage so you would literally have to like turn your neck the entire time to watch the show and so it wasn't a sellout so i'm like hey let's scooch over to those seats there it's a better angle and the Mm -hmm. whole that whole section was empty so we moved over there and within like 20 minutes of the band coming on stage, this woman comes up. She goes, hey, there's there's some guys. Do you mind if they come sit behind you? Because they're sitting with old people and the old people hate them. <laughs> and um, it turns out it was like these, you know, 21, 24 year old, you know, guys that were there that love the band and wanted to like, you know, dance and, and sing along and have a grand old time. And mm-hmm. it was the oldest crowd like I don't, I don't know if there's anyone there like under seventy, to the point where the the lead singer would be like, "This is a song you should all stand for, up for," and everyone would stand up, and then at the end of the song, they'd all sit down. Oh my god! Like, except for our section, we we're all like yelling and dancing and having a grand mm-hmm. old time. And someone I ran into after the show, they're like, "You were sitting in the best section." I'm like, "We made that section; it didn't even exist." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I've definitely been in that situation before because, like, my friends and I are like. We got to dance. We love to dance. Um, and, and as a music, like a performer too, like it means so much when like, there's at least someone you can connect to. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely been um, in the audience at shows where like the age group just feels there's like generational differences or they're just old. Cause it's also been with younger people. Um, like I've definitely been in the situation you're talking about. And then I like a year or so ago, my friend and I saw this band, this Russian band, the one, the Russian band that is very, had a very big moment on TikTok. And she had like, she's. Yeah, am I supposed to know who that is? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say the band name wrong <laughs> just in case. Oh, but, um, okay. Russian. It's band like Molkat Doma, but it might be, you know, it might be okay. different. Um, but she, my friend is very like not online at all. And she oh, yeah. had been listening to this band since before they were TikTok huge. And she told me about them and we really wanted to go. And then we went and we were like, oh yeah, they're huge on TikTok because everyone is so young here and everyone has X's on their hands. 
Um, oh, yeah. And okay. they, these young people were getting so bothered by us because they all got there super early and got in the front. And we're like, we're trying to dance. This is, you know, fun. We're trying yeah. to have fun. And they were like pushing us. They were pushing us away from them when we were dancing <laughs> because oh they God. don't lose their spots. And were they there just to hear like the one song they knew? I mean, I don't doubt that they loved the band, you know, yeah. it was just like this difference of like, oh, you really want to keep your spot. But like, we're just here to dance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you, this might be the first like club slash bar show you've been to. And so you don't know that you get knocked around and that's how, right. it, how it works. Yeah. You're going to have beer spilled on you. That's going to happen. Yeah. Like they... It was it was a funny experience. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, have you ever struggled to kind of like get a crowd like into the show? Like, is there a trick to kind of like connecting? I mean, if they're there to see you, that's you know. But like, if you're in, you know, you're touring or opening for someone else, and they may be unfamiliar with your work, is it you know, is it hard to connect with them? Do you kind of have like a you know magic trick? <laughs> that you roll out uh, it either you know either the crowd's good and i am in a great mood and i feel confident and people feel like they can warm up to me but i think there's definitely been times like there was a night on this last tour where i was bothered with myself a little because i you know if i'm really nervous or i'm yeah. like in a space i I've like my whole life i've kind of dealt with when i'm feeling shy i look more intimidating you know Oh, interesting. Okay. And um, so I definitely had the thought of myself to myself of like, they're not warming up because I'm not warming up, but I can't warm up because they're not warming up. Yep. And that, that definitely happens. That That is like is such a trick. And <laughs> it, it's, you know, when I, when I started podcasting, it, when I was a kid, I was very shy. And I tell people that now mm -hmm. and they don't believe me. But, um, you know, I started podcasting, I realized that, you know, like we, we set this bar of, you know, we're putting out 52 episodes a year, which is a lot. And mm -hmm. which means you're going to record on days you don't really feel like recording and you still have yeah. to like to I'm like, I never thought that acting was going to become like part of, you know, what I do. And it's sometimes mm -hmm. it's just that it, you're so right. It's just that like initial like to get over the I don't really feel like talking to someone. Then you get involved in the conversation like, oh, no, this person's awesome. And I'm super happy. That yeah, I'm but if you don't them. feel like it, if you don't feel like it, and then it's they hard to nothing, get there. Yo, yeah. yeah. You just end up in a hole. <laughs> oh, and you we've had some. <laughs> yeah. And we've had some really, really nice people on. But. They're such shitty interviews <laughs> where, you're, where you're like, oh, you know, you ask a question and they're like, yes. And you're like, oh, uh, OK. Um, and then you ask another question like, oh, man, I don't know. That's a hard question. Yeah. And you're like, oh, great. You should probably elaborate on that a little bit. And it, so sometimes it's it can be really, really tough to kind of be entertaining at the same time when you because, you know, not not every creative person is a talkative person definitely yeah um, yeah that's a thing because honestly like the best performances i've done are just when like 
I feel connected with my bandmates and I know the crowd is happy to be there. And then it just makes me, you know, it just puts you in a good mood. And then when you're in a good mood and you're confident, like it just keeps getting better. (laughs) And for me, I feel like it's always when you're kind of like that, it's you, you're not actively thinking about it. Right. You're in that state and it's just happening. I know people too who like, I wish I was like this most of the time. I'm just, I'm so sensitive, especially when I'm singing stuff. Like I'm so sensitive. The room just like completely shifts my moods. But um, like we toured, we've played a few times with our friends um, in Catcher. And that's an artist who like, I saw him play to, you know, many people. And he, mm-hmm. you know, puts his all into this performance. And then you see him play to five people and he does the same fucking thing. And like, I admire that so much i think it's so impressive because like i have no idea how it's possible (laughs) yeah it's in where i live there's one stretch of road um well it's kind of like two roads that kind of run along you know parallel to the water and Mm -hmm. uh, for a mile stretch there's 40 bars and restaurants and most of them have music uh three nights or more a week and you know, you'll go in and you'll see the guy playing to a half empty room. Um, and he is just going to town, top of his lungs, stomping his feet. Love you, Jeff Hilliard. Um, and he just gives his heart and soul at every performance. And then you go to another place that's packed and the guy's like watching TV and just kind of like going along with the motions and collecting this paycheck, mm-hmm. you know? yeah and like honestly there's times where like i'm that person i feel like it makes it worse because i feel like i look like that person but inside i'm like i just someone's got to break this ice for me i'm so uncomfortable up here um so i i'm always just giving people benefit of the doubt with that to be honest but it is so impressive when people like have just have that performance gene in them because i honestly don't have it is there a song that you tend to open your sets with that kind of gets you in, in the right headspace or, or gets you like really, you know, jazzed about playing that you like put a certain song there to kind of like avoid those situations? Well, the song we've been opening for a bit with um, the title track from the new record, which is coming out soon. It's the next single, but um, earthly delights yes earthly delights but that one i really like opening with it because the live version is a bit stripped back and Mm -hmm. um like there's just kick drum in the intro and the verses and so it's kind of cool to start super minimal with the song you know to Mm -hmm. start the show with like just you know the guitar bass kick drum and then like i'm doing a little tambourine but like it's very i like starting sparse and just like building i feel like that's my favorite way to do it because because that's the the thing too like because i'm so sensitive i can't just come out kicking (laughs) like i've got i've got to build it up (laughs) yeah that makes sense you kind of like build to a crescendo you know Mm -hmm. nice um i'm gonna be 100 percent honest 
Um, I'm not sure where we are at time-wise because <laughs> uh, we had our little technical difficulty. But where can our listeners go to uh, check out Earthly Delights when it comes out on August 11th? If it's not out, they can go. They can go anywhere. It'll be on all of the things. Um, It's being put out by Young Heavy Souls, the record labels. So you could you could check their shop. You could go on all your favorite streaming. You could go on my Bandcamp. It's all on there. Are you guys gonna have uh, vinyl? Yes, transparent red vinyl. I'm very excited. That's cool. Are you doing cassettes? Someone I interviewed the other day, they said they were putting out a cassette and I'm like, oh my God, please tell me that's not a thing that people are doing. Oh, it's so a thing. Yeah, we are. We've got cassettes and vinyl. Yeah, there's like, I mean, most of like (laughs) the the punk DIY scenes like really thrive off cassettes. Um, I mean, everyone has like old cars, you know, too. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean. And it's easy. It's really easy to get a cassette player, tape player, and like they're so cheap for bands to order a bunch of, you know. Yeah. And it's really easy to start a cassette label. Yeah, it's uh, it's okay. it's pretty cool. The and the one so time... bad though. <laughs> yeah. But but I don't know. I just I hated cassettes. I was. I guess. I guess. You know. <laughs> I don't know. The one time we did cassettes in the past, it was just two songs, and I sold out of them so fast. That's crazy. Because also you can sell them for like $5. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's cool, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. All right. I don't know if I'm going to go. I'm not changing. I'm not, get, not getting a cassette recorder anytime soon. But uh, if, if that's what I mean, I don't like, listen to them. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but I like, get I it. I just remember when we got rid of cassettes and went to CDs. I was so like jazzed because I'm like, cassettes are just the quality's bad. I don't know. Honestly, I wish people would do more CDs than cassettes, but there's definitely, at least in the scenes that I end up in and around, um, way less CDs than cassettes. It's it's so crazy. Like I have CDs, I don't have a way to play CDs. It, it it's and I mean it's more just me not going out and getting one. It's 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 so strange that we're I'm. I'm, I have so become so dependent on streaming that uh, it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> I have I have an older car. My car is a 2000, so I I've got all my CDs in there. That's yeah. all I listen to because I also don't listen to the radio like at all. That's how I'm. I don't know. I, I've got to the. I I have like a Bluetooth thing in my car so i just hop in and it automatically plays what i was listening to on my phone so mm. I, I love that um so okay um earthly delights august 11th they can check it out everywhere that's going to be on vinyl and cassettes if that's your thing um no judgment i mean a little bit of judgment from me but that's because i'm old um where can they check out your tour dates also on everything oh yeah i have a website i always forget it's uh com, and all of these things are condensed into that space so they can go there and find all that stuff yeah yeah yeah. and then you know i'm on instagram more than anything so is that the best place yeah you know that's not on the tiktok yet (laughs) i try it's just like i can't i don't enjoy myself on there you know what i mean like i'll share things because i should but it's not like I'm going into the app to like pass time in the way that I am with Instagram or 
I'm still on Tumblr too, but that's private. Yeah, I, I went. Uh, <laughs> I joined TikTok because I'm like, oh, we should have a TikTok, and I should see what people are doing. So, like, we but then you idea. see and you're like, God, I don't want to watch this. No, I'm totally. <laughs> I'm like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, where'd the last two hours go? And I'm. It watching... makes me weird and old when I'm on there too long, and I'm 23. Yeah, yeah. It's and it, to me, it's always like I end up watching. It's so. The algorithm is so good that it's like, this is what you want to watch. You're like, I don't want to watch that. And the next thing you know, you're like an hour and a half. And you're like, all I've watched is these bail bondsmen go and take people who have not shown up to court for the last hour. And I want my life back. (laughs) You're like, I didn't even know I wanted to watch it. Um, That's more me with YouTube. My my YouTube recommended knows me incredibly well. What's your... uh, youtube poison of choice it's literally like well music videos i watch a music video almost every day and then like just these random like usually film related like essays oh cool or just like a like just youtube documentaries and youtube essays i'm like i teach me about this right now (laughs) and and then i then i usually go down a hole with whatever i just learned about oh that's cool i like that Nice. Well, Chloe, this was awesome. Thank you for uh, taking the time to talk with us. And thank you for taking the extra time to work out our uh, technical difficulties. Um, (laughs) Always appreciated. Um, So listeners, go check out Zilched um, when they come to town or just check out their music in general. Um, And uh, that's it, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. This was a great conversation. (laughs) Awesome. And uh, listeners, we'll catch you guys again next week. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, If you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.